Hey there, Yuris here and welcome to Community Life. Here we talk with the amazing humans from the world of communities about their life journeys and learn from each other. Today we have a conversation with Ruthie Berber, fractional marketing and community leader, speaker, New York networking events organizer, local captain of the Old Girls Club, women in tech ambassador, back of the bike rider, and an avid traveler who admires coffee and food art. So, hello, Ruthie. Hello, nice to meet you. Definitely not, I don't know where you got the back of the bike traveler, but sure. It was back of the back rider. Yeah, I saw some photos where you're riding like back of the back. Okay. Oh, the motorbike, yes. My husband used to have one of those. Before before we started this conversation, you told me the story about the guitars, that those are of your husband. And you told that you are singing mostly so tell me the backstory of your singing career okay no career i <laughs> yet. wish yet um no 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 <clears throat> when i was younger i was really invested in becoming a singer you know like at school all the plays like i was in the musicals i went to a music conservatory i got really excited about it and then just like as i grew up you know university life things get in the way um, so I kind of like just stayed a little bit with like singing lessons and now I'm back on singing lessons and I jam with my husband sometimes. So why, why did you stop it? <clears throat> why did you not continue your singing career? I mean, first of all, who's to say I was that good? <laughs> One, you're just assuming, which is like, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I think I was just like, oh, it's a silly dream and like maybe it's not realistic. And I think if you don't make it by 18, 19, 20, it's like it's too hard and you need to make money and you need to move on with your life. You know, it's so interesting. I recently <clears throat> saw some kind of TikTok video, I guess, and um, it was this person. I, I remember the song, the name of the song, like I'm only human. But I totally forgot his uh, his name. But he's like, I feel like he's something in 40s or something. And he won a Raising Star Award or like New Talent Award. And he did his speech like, hey, look at me. Like I'm winning this award like in my 40s. Like there is everything available, you know. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, so if you have this dream, you can still follow it. So and you are continuing those lessons. Hmm. Yeah. Because I enjoy singing, but I think that like having to make a career out of it and being like famous would be very stressful for me. Um, and I get really nervous. I mean, I really enjoy singing. I really, it's like for me, like something I do for myself. I think I used to really enjoy performing, but I think now it just brings me more like pressure and stress than I need. So I'm happy to just sing really loudly in my living room with my husband and you know in my lessons it's great got it who chose the paradise city song of guns and roses to use while walking down the aisle during your wedding day damn you did your research <laughs> just for context i got married seven years ago um both my husband and i love guns and roses and we were just like such a great song like why not um and when we first met i remember like you know back in the day where you could put like special ringtones for different people mm -hmm. 
So his was Paradise City. Okay. And so when we're like thinking about what songs to walk down the aisle, we're like, oh my God, Guns N' Roses, Paradise City, of course. Were there any other variants、so、to choose from? Well, we both really like rock music. So it was probably going to be rock music ultimately.、Um, in the end, like, you know, in a Jewish wedding, you like step on the glass. So at、mm. the end, we had、um, Signed Seal by Stevie Wonder, which was fun.、Uh, we'd considered the Kooks, I think, at some point. So yeah, but Guns N' Roses, like, I took him for his birthday. Uh, to a concert, and it was like, it's like our band. <laughs> Got it, this feeling. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. And why did you have Mr. and Mrs. Penguins on top of your wedding cake? Wow, you went you went far back. I'm impressed.、Um, because my husband, Idan, is obsessed with penguins and he thinks they're really cute. And so we were anyway just like, What can we put on the cake? Like, I don't want to, I don't want a mini of me and him. So we thought like penguins would be cute. Have you, already, have you already traveled somewhere where they、uh, live? I have. I actually have, yes. I swam with some penguins in the Galapagos Islands, which was、hmm. really, really cool.、Um, and there are some penguins in Australia too. And what about your husband? Yeah, yeah. I think he, I mean, he spent a lot of time in Australia, so he definitely got to see them. Got it. So, okay, Rusi, let's start from the beginning. Tell me about your parents. Who are they? Okay.、Um, my parents are immigrants. They moved to New York and then to London from Tel Aviv.、Um, They kind of, so growing up, I was kind of like a bit weird, you know, who <laughs> had like parents with a weird accent.、Um, they were born and raised in Tel Aviv. They're city folk.、Um, and my dad really, really wanted to study in New York and make a living, you know, outside of the country. And、um, he managed to get a scholarship because at the time, And、my grandparents like didn't have any money. They were like selling eggs and like jeans.、Um, so my dad got a scholarship and managed to get a place at NYU for like MBA. And then,、um, and then yeah, like my mom and him did long distance, and he managed to convince her to come over and do her master's in social work at Yeshiva University.、Hmm. And They lived in New York for seven years. And then my dad, when he was in banking already, he was relocated to London. And that's where I grew up until age 14. Okay. What happens after age 14? I moved to, to Israel. And when did you move to New York? In 2019. So, what is the difference between living in London, Tel Aviv, and New York? A lot of differences. I mean, like the most obvious one is the weather.、Um, the weather in Tel Aviv is pretty much amazing for most people. I don't like being hot, so it's pretty shipped for me most of the year.、Um, London is pretty gray and drizzly, but lately with climate change, it's been pretty warm and sunny. And in New York, The extremes are just, you know, every day is a new adventure. Like, is it going to snow? Is it going to rain? Is it going to be wildly hot? It's really hard to tell.
Um, but I think something that, that all of these like places have in common is that they are cities with a lot of like diversity and a lot of people with a lot of different backgrounds, um, the real like metropolises of their own countries. Um, I've always kind of been in international circles as a third culture kid. So it's, I feel very at home in all three of these cities. What are the most cultural differences? I mean, <clears throat> in London, it's funny, I was talking to Jess Hobbs about this yesterday, but in London, the idea is like, do not share too much information about yourself, okay? <laughs> like the idea is that if you're on the tube, you don't want to be like locking eyes with someone, definitely not. You definitely are not talking to strangers. And if you're talking to someone that you know, and they good, yeah, that's it. Like you shouldn't share more information. That's as much information as people want to receive from you about your personal life. Um, in Tel Aviv, it's like, what did you eat for breakfast? Who did you spend time with yesterday? What did you think about this? And like, are you having kids anytime soon? So like, this is the level of like, in the details that people like to be. Um, and in New York, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think that it's not appropriate to walk up to someone in the middle of the street and talk to a stranger. And I think people really like do keep to themselves, but there's definitely more openness to share a little bit more um, with people, like on a personal level. So basically, if you know somebody, you can talk about kids. <laughs> I think even then, you know, I think like in New York, it's a little, still there's a little bit of a guard. You have to understand. Okay, so let's move to yourself. Uh, what is the first memory of your childhood that comes to your mind right now? Wow. Um, okay, it's definitely not the first memory ever, but when my sister was born and she, I was just about three years old and I had a younger sister in between us, my mom brought my little sister home and I was like, can we return her? <laughs> Like, we don't need another sister. Like, I already have one. Thank you so much. Um, funny story is that I have four younger sisters. So there were another two sisters that came home after that. So basically, after that, you got used to already. Yeah, I was just Did like, you... oh, I'm embracing the older sister life. Okay, so I I, re I had a lot of conversations with people who has like uh, brothers and sisters and they're in between and older and younger. But... I've never had a conversation with somebody who has four younger sisters. So how does it feel to have four younger sisters? What happens when you gather together? Um, it's pretty wild, <laughs> I will say. Um, so I have about 12 years difference with the youngest, 10 years from the second youngest. And then the three of us are like two and three years apart. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty like there's definitely the older ones and the younger ones. We used to call them the babies. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm very typical oldest daughter anyway, and I'm very typical oldest sister. And I'm very much, you know, looking out for <clears throat> keeping in touch with my sisters pretty much all the time. Like we really are just sending each other really stupid shit every day um but no it's really fun i mean obviously it's chaos like i i mean it just to be blunt 
um, if, you know, if you like were to like be a fly on the wall, you'd definitely be overwhelmed and scared. We don't find it scary. Um, but you know, you'll definitely hear like a, you took my shirt. Why'd you take my shirt? Like I told you, you know, things like that. Um, but mostly we're really, we really get along. And, and like I said, you know, there's such an age difference. So with my really younger sisters, I really am like a bit like a bit in between mother, you know, my sister's in university. She calls me and she's like, oh, can you help me with my essay? Like, you know, and she has three older sisters that she can ask to help her with her essay. So, yeah. Were your parents managing all of you or they just left you on <clears throat> your own? All together is it okay they they can they can manage it um well when we were the three of us you know until my sister four and five were born um they were definitely like managing us and we were like all together a lot and when four and five were born it was more like okay you guys can take care of them and we're just gonna go um yeah no it was crazy I remember like I was walking around once in London, I was 12 and I was like taking my sister to the park, like really like next to the house, not like very far. <laughs> I think people were looking at me like, oh my God, like teenage pregnancy, like <laughs> this sad. And I was like, how could I possibly be this baby's mother? But whatever. <laughs> Did anyone really ask you, is it your kid? No, I mean, people just give you looks. You know? No one even wants to, like, I told you in London anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's really none of their business, but um, I definitely got, like, looks, and I was like, sister, <laughs> same face. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, you did a little, like, deep dive on my Instagram, so I'm sure you saw how we are all kind of, like, variations of each other, but we don't look exactly alike at all. Um which is funny, you know, like my sisters aren't really like two of my sisters, three of my sisters are very tall, two of us are short. One has red hair, one has dark hair. Like it's very, very um, varied, you could say. Have you ever thought about having a t-shirt or something like I'm with sister and then? <laughs> no, but we do have, for my mom's 60th birthday, we made a sweatshirt like of like the Berbers and it had like a little bear. It's really cute. Yeah, sounds sounds really fun. But still, you didn't you didn't you didn't tell me what happens now when you gather together. Oh, now it's it's definitely like it's intense for someone on the outside, but we're really like laughing a lot. Sometimes making fun of our parents, you know, ganging up on them. Um, I think it's just a lot of like banter, if that makes sense. You know, just like jokes. Um, food, food is a big thing, you know, mm. a lot of like gathering around food and <clears throat> there's this leftover behavior of like needing to take food because like, what if there's none left and you don't want like someone to eat your part? So you take too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's really, really friendly. Like in the end, we're like friends, you know, what happens when you fight? I mean, it can be can be fierce it can be very fierce it depends on which sister is fighting with which sister there are definitely some makeups that could be really intense i usually just get i'm like 
I can get pretty short tempered with my um, sisters who are a little bit more on the type B side. And um, I'm like really frustrated and like, don't have patience. Like, why are you late? Why, why aren't we leaving? Like things like that. <clears throat> There's definitely a surprising amount of like, feeling comfortable to yell. But like not in a not in a very aggressive way. It's just like moving things along. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a while since anyone's made anyone else cry, which is, you know, I think that's pretty good. We've we've uh, grown up a lot. Uh, yeah, sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, now my baby, my baby sister's twenty. Like she's twenty years old. Like it's she's not not, not a baby anymore. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So. What childhood dreams came true while you visited Harry Potter's studio? I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. I love it. I'm a, like, a, you know, stereotypical millennial in that respect. <laughs> I was really more or less the same age as like growing up. So when I was like 11, I was like, I'm going to get my letter. Like for <laughs> sure, I will be picked. Like Hogwarts is waiting for me. Um, I got really, really into it. Obviously, like throughout high school, I was like standing in line for the seventh book, read it the night of in three hours. Um, so going to the like studio was just like so cool. They, I mean, my husband and I spent six hours there, just to be clear. So we really like all the costumes and the design and how they like pulled off like all the magic. Um, And also just like, it's such a, feels like home, you know, after you've spent eight movies watching the the common room and all these things, you're like, oh, this is, I feel like I'm visiting like a childhood place, you know? What was first for you, movies or books? In books. general, like in any order. Okay. Books, books, books. For and, sure. And uh, I, you know, it's rarely when movies are better than books. Uh, I feel like, you know, because from It's my so perspective, yeah, you, you, st you still have to, you know, like author has their own feelings, their own thoughts, and then producer makes it also in their way. But anyway, what did you like more, like books or movies? Not even a question. Like, <laughs> okay. I read some of these books like four times, you know, so like, uh, like four or five times of each book. I used to also listen to the Harry Potter, like, audiobook. I mean, really, no, like, it's not a question. Like, the movies, I think, were great. And I think that they did the best they could to try and capture, like, sometimes 700 pages worth of, like, really dense content. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they had to skip so many things, like, so many small things, you know? How do you feel when you reread a book again? I haven't reread a book in a really long time because I'm trying to like because right now I'm trying to read so many new books it's just like I can't even imagine taking that time to read a book I've already read <laughs> um but I remember like maybe the first few times that I reread Harry Potter like I was like oh my god I missed this oh my god look at this detail or like once you already know how everything ends when you read like the third book you're like she's a genius she's a genius I mean really The architecture that she basically laid out for this story and the breadcrumbs that she left in books prior to like 
books five, six, seven, even being written, like it's incredible. Is a six-week intensive art writing online course that you had at Sotheby's Institute of Art somehow connected with your love to Harry Potter books? It's not at all, no. I um, I mean, I used to be a writer. Like my origin of marketing was always like content. And there was a point in my life where I was like, I want to go into the art world. And I thought that if I were to break into you know, with the art writing course, I could really like imagine in a gallery where they have like the content about the exhibition or content about the art pieces. That's what I was learning how to do. Hmm. Um, and then quickly moved on to different things. So you were a writer. What you were writing about? Um, I mean, in high school, creative writing. I went to... Columbia University summer program for creative writers was really fun. And my first time like being in New York and like enjoying the city. I was like 17, yeah. Um, and like later on, I kind of was writing about places to eat, places to see, travel, since like that's really anyway the th things that I'm drawn towards. You know, I'm that person that when people are like, oh, I really need a restaurant for this occasion, Ruthie, like, where do you recommend? Like, that, I'm that person who's like really keeping tabs on like all the experiences that I've enjoyed and like want to pass it on every like good meal that I've had, you know? And so, yeah, I have a crazy map of places to eat in New York and things I want to do. Um, and originally I worked at the culture trip, you know, I wrote about like, best places to eat in Tel Aviv, like where to spend your Sunday mornings, things like that. Are you still writing? Um, a little bit, like through, I mean, work, you know, mm -hmm. obviously marketing and community and brand are all very, very much writing-based. Um, but I haven't, like, I've written a, an article or two in the past, like, half a year, you know, mm -hmm. not nothing crazy. I'm experimenting with LinkedIn, like I'm cautiously, reluctantly starting to post. I wouldn't call it writing, though. I used to write like really, um, really like nonfiction, uh, fiction pieces, mm -hmm, sorry. Mm -hmm. So like one in high school, right before like I graduated, I wrote this piece. I took that song by the Beatles called She's Leaving Home and then like mm -hmm. wrote it into like a short story. Like, why was she leaving home? What was she thinking about? Like, her parents being so sad, all of that. It was really fun. Was it somehow connected with your life? I mean, I'm obsessed with the Beatles, too. So, maybe. Um, it, was for a, it was for a creative writing competition, actually. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think I was like in a phase where I was listening to that song a lot. So, I was like, hmm, would be cool to write about, like, why is she leaving home? <laughs> Okay, yeah. so we already have singing, writing. What else did you try before? Singing, right? I mean, to be fair, the writing continues, like I said. Like, uh, uh, it's inevitable to, to if you work in marketing. Yeah, it's more like professional writing. Let's call like, okay, it's let's, true, let's it's true. fiction writing. I fun in a while. Um, singing, writing. I... I really consider like traveling and like un experiencing something that like I 
do. Mm-hmm. I'm like that. I'm like the person who's always like down to try something, go to this exi- exhibit, try this place. Um, I really like experience and like learn about a culture or a place through food. I like to like do, you know, like I'm much more of a doer than like a risk, like, you know, perceiver. Um, what else do I like to do? I mean, I'm really into Pilates, like in a creepy way, like reformer Pilates. Creepy. Okay, tell me more about the creepy way. What does it mean? Is <laughs> in like, I go to one teacher, I refuse to go to anyone else. I only go to her class now in the in the, stu- the studio in Soho. And yeah, like, I will move meetings and mountains to like be at the class that I want to be at. You know what I mean? Like, I think I prioritize Pilates like maybe a little too much, um, but I enjoy it so much. It's a reformer. And there's just something about like all of the action and like having to pay attention to all of the cues. Like I just, I'm so engaged that I really am not thinking about anything else. And it's so nice. Um, Other things that I do, extreme do, um, I have a, let's see, 495 day streak on Duolingo. Yeah, and a 1,139 day streak on Headspace. So you could say I like to meditate. <laughs> you, you, you like streaks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice to finally meet this person who also likes streak. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it actually started by me being competitive with my husband. Oh, okay. Like, he started with Duolingo for French. And I was like jealous, like, oh like so cool that you're using your time to like learn a language he was like why don't you just download duolingo like it's great and once i got into it omg like really and then i was like he already had he already has like a 400 he has a 600 something day streak so like it's not even you know we can't compare but i'm always like how many points do you have what league are you in because i'm in the diamond league tournament and he's an obsidian. So let's just talk about that. <laughs> okay, so now you're definitely winning. But where's uh, how did you feel at those moments when he was winning? Oh, I mean, he's still winning because he's still like, I can it's never. It's like day those... streak, but you know, like you're still, still in the diamond league. I mean, it's... yeah, it feels good. <clears throat> you know, before we go to sleep, it's like, what place are you? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm currently in sixth place so like what about you and he's like oh I'm about to be demoted I'm like <laughs> can't talk relate to talk to you never <laughs> yeah, seriously um no but we what's good about the fact that we both do Duolingo is we both make time to do it mm-hmm. before we go to sleep which is yeah. important yeah yeah totally I I feel I feel the same way we started doing Duolingo with my wife but I'm still somewhere on the street she, she, she stopped doing that because like yeah no thank you tiktok is better no you have to like i mean yeah to be fair i've been off instagram for a long time so when i'm on my phone it's linkedin or duolingo or headspace it's like one of those three or slack um and so i like the fact okay this is gonna be a little bit geeky but i think you know because you do duolingo so because you have the like chest, you unlock the chest for the two, like the booster for two X points. Yeah. I do it in the morning, 15 minutes. And then I do it in the evening. I unlock the chest that I created in the morning, 
so I, and then do it in the evening so I can get the chest for the next yeah. morning. And then I usually do like even another like 20 minutes in the evening. And if I hit the box and get a second, then I'll go all the way 30, 40 minutes, however much they give me. Yeah, that's how they motivate you exactly. And it's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, insane. it's crazy. And the fun thing is that I feel like previously those minutes were not added. So basically, no, you didn't, you could only get the 15 and that was and it. And now they're adding to one each other. So basically, if you had like 15 minutes and you used 10 minutes of those, you still have five and you receive one more. You can go for mm -hmm. 20 minutes and then like it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's crazy you know, over there. That's but yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I recently started uh, learning so much more languages mm -hmm. and I have this personal question. Mm -hmm. What are your tips and tricks for someone who decided to learn Hebrew from scratch? Oof. Hebrew is a tough language. Not going to lie. I mean, alphabet other side everything the sounds are really difficult for a lot of people um i mean maybe i'm biased but i would say probably duolingo um but i think that hebrew from scratch it's really like um learning phonetically I think like really hearing a sound and trying to like um mirror that sound and once you get those sounds down it's a lot easier to like recognize how those are the building blocks of the words because in the end of the day Hebrew is an ancient language mm -hmm. it's very basic um and so there are a lot less letters in words it's really like the consonants make up the the word and the vowels are not listed there so you kind of like something could be like you know have a c and a t and it could be caught cat cat Heat, like it depends on the dot that's underneath, you know. Yeah. What I mean? So yeah, I, I I know it's the hardest part for me because I still I'm like, what's happening? I Are started... you learning Hebrew? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I I just I'm just going with alphabet, you know, because I I understand yes. that. No, I don't know why, but for some reason, like lessons in Duolingo really sucks. At least beginners' lessons, they for have Hebrew. no voice. I don't know why. So maybe it's their bug. So I started with alphabet and yeah, I know exactly what you are talking about. Yeah. Wait, how long have you been studying Hebrew? That's so funny. Yeah, it's, I would say like a month or something like that, but I'm doing just only one lesson. Okay, maximum two lessons a day. So just, just to, you know, yeah. understand the basics. And it's not like I really want to like read in Hebrew, but maybe like in 10 years, who knows? But I'm just like step by step because... I was thinking there are so many different languages and for example Hebrew, Chinese, Japanese, Indian, they have totally different letters. They're yeah, not okay. like for example, like if we take English, Spanish, Italian, German, they practically is the same. Like exactly. yeah, different words, but you still have the same uh, letters. And those languages are totally different. I'm thinking, okay, so those people who know those languages, most likely they think totally differently. I want to understand how they think, you know, I want to go yeah. closer to them. And it's true. It's, true. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. How many languages do you speak? Oh my God. Ah, speak. It's easier. So I speak Ukrainian, Russian, English, a little bit of Polish, uh, very low amount of Spanish. And then Duolingo goes like with Italian, German, yeah, French, yeah. Hebrew, Indian, who knows? Yeah, it's endless. Chinese. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. But you the trick here is to do just one lesson a day. So I'm not trying to yeah. do like more, you know, like 
because it's just impossible. But one lesson a day exactly helps you to win chest in the morning, chest in the evening. And yeah. Oh my guy, you get it. That's that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. Are there any languages you'd like to learn? I mean, so many. Right now I speak Hebrew, English, Spanish, like those three. I used to speak pretty good French, but now I just understand it. Um, I can definitely understand bits of Italian just because of French and Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like done with the Latin languages. I also used to learn Latin and was really good at Latin for some reason in school. Um, but now, like you, I'm a little bit more like curious about like Arabic, which is, you know, quite close to Hebrew. Um, I'm very curious about Korean. Hmm. Yes. Hi. Um, my sister started doing Korean on Duolingo and she was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and so maybe that'll be the next one that I start. Got it. How does it feel to celebrate three family birthdays in one week? Mm, well, what's I'm sure you picked that up from a caption on Instagram, but funny, fun fact, my sister's birthdays are... 18th, 19th, 20th, and 27th of July. Okay, so four birthdays. Let's expand the question. In a week, in, <laughs> a, in like in like nine days, yeah. How, how does it feel? I mean, we're used to it. Like the summer is just birthday time. Um, it's very celebratory. Like, look, we usually do um, like one like summer party because my birthday is in August. So it's like between the 18th of July and the 18th of August, it's all of our birthdays. So typically we can do one summer party and cover it all. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super fun. And like, you, it's you're already in the like mood of like celebrating and birthdays. Like, why not? <laughs> you know? Months, you know, I, I have this conversation with Michelle Sims and her b- birthday is uh, between uh, Thanksgiving and the New Year. And she has like mm. a celebration week and you have celebration months, you know, it's yeah. like well, a mean, little bit. Celebrating yeah. others, but yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really great. Yeah, those vibes, you know, people say that you don't, you can't have more than one birthday, but I feel like when you have so many, uh, sisters and so many birthdays all together yeah. it's kind of like yeah who, who said that we can't celebrate you know even though it's like a sister but anyway who were or still are your idols um wow it's so tough so like on the music and singing front like Adele Beyonce those two are just like you know um I think that like they both like empower and embody some like amazing like woman power and like the force of their voice and the like the significance of their music. I also like recently watched the um the Beyonce like concert. It was incredible, like life-changing. Like I think that she like maybe, maybe like not human. Like, she's just unbelievably talented and capable of just, like, pushing through anything. And, like, yeah, I was very, very impressed. What are your one, let's say, what are your top one song of Beyonce and top one song of Adele? Oof. Um, that's so hard. 
Uh, wow. Okay, so for Adele, it's probably... Probably turning tables. Probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. And for Beyonce, so like that's so hard because also she has really had so many genres. Like unlike Adele, she really is like one album could be very different from the next. Um, I think, I mean, probably something from the Lemonade album. I love that the most. Maybe Hold Up. Yeah, maybe Hold Up. I feel like Beyonce is really changing, you know, because like, yeah, it's she, she's always in this. She feeling the time, like music time, like what's okay. changing, and she is changing also. Because for example, you know, when when I asked you this question, I had this song in my mind. I was here because I was like, I want to leave my footprint on the sand of time and etc. Mm -hmm. Or when I were, if I were a boy, and oh, then she yeah, wow. she has totally different and style now love on top yeah it was also amazing so yeah it's 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 interesting how, how she's changing you know like yeah i've seen her perform live one time um my two of my sisters and i we took a train from london to paris and to see the concert <laughs> and it was 2016 so it was lemonade album um seriously just like blown away and we had the worst seats ever and it was still like incredible and like you know yeah yeah i <laughs> i heard about that like about different i can't imagine because i feel like it was it's... like the water they were like dancing yeah. in the water and kicking it, it was insane <laughs> yeah <sighs> Oh, it's so fun. Do you are you planning to go to her concert sometime soon? Oh, it's tough, you know. Don't need to tell you, but inflation and the like—it's not exactly a time for disposable income and hundreds of dollars on shows. Um, yeah. But I, I really, I would like—I really wanted to do it this summer when she was performing in like the area. But it was just too expensive. Got it. Got it. Yeah, totally. I I once checked, like, Beyonce was never to Ukraine. And I feel like she she's never going there. <laughs> Maybe sometimes in decades. But I, I checked once tickets in somewhere in Europe. And that was like hundreds of euros. And I was like, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, Sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, nice. So what did your best birthday party look like? Hmm. Best birthday party, wow. Well, there was one time, it wasn't like, it wasn't the best birthday party, but it was probably the most like surprised I've ever been, like genuinely surprised. I think I must've been like, 24, 25, I don't remember. And I had been like texting with my friends, like, oh yeah, you know, maybe we'll go get drinks or something later. Da, 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 da. And then I come home with my husband, we walk in and like all my friends were <laughs> it was really <laughs> cute. Um, and I was just like like 
genuinely surprised, you know, like I didn't have even a thought. Like sometimes you like kind of know when something's going on, like this was just like, what? Um, and it was really fun and we just like hung out. Um, I'm trying to think. One birthday, wow. Um, <laughs> one of my best friends, she, for my 18th birthday, she got us Eurostar tickets to go to Paris for the day. And that was like incredible. It was a really, really big deal. What did you do on that day? We went to the Rodin Garden, Sculpture Garden. We had French onion soup. We did a little bit of shopping. Um, we went to Pompidou Center, had something else to eat, probably full of butter, and then went back. Yeah, sounds like a really great birthday. It was a great day. And what was... Okay, so... Was it the most memorable gift you've ever received? I mean, probably, yeah. Like, it's pretty crazy. And the funny thing is, is that it's not even that expensive. Like now, now I know it wasn't about how much money it cost. Because actually you really can, you can find like very, very, you know, under a hundred pound tickets from London mm -hmm. to Paris. But it wasn't about how much money it cost. It was just like, the initiative the idea to like we're going to go to another country city now together you know what i mean it was very cool it was very very cool and yeah she's still one of my best friends so it was like and paris was very like uh significant for us because we had gone to like mun together paris two three times and like you know so We really like really like the culture. We studied art history together. This was like, you know, at the end of high school. So it was all very fresh. I can imagine like teenagers going to another country, to another city for the whole day, having fun. Yeah, it sounds like so in the movies, you know. Yeah, it was like exactly it was like the movies. We were just like, Yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> Un unaccompanied, like no one, you know, just like walking around and like it was great. What are some crucial skills you still use in your life that you've learned while serving the Israel Defense Forces? Um, I mean, definitely handling myself under pressure. Um, I know how to lead and be led. I think that's definitely something, you know, I was responsible for a lot of people's lives at one point um but also beholden to someone else you know telling you what to do I think that like the figure it out mentality because I was a commander for international volunteers so every three weeks I'd be on a different base and we'd have um volunteers could be for like any country um you know sometimes from Finland sometimes from Russia sometimes from America sometimes from Canada Um, and each time you kind of just like need to figure out, like, also the age range is crazy. It was like 16 to 95. Wow. So like 95. Time, yeah. Yeah. We had a woman like, you know, have her 95th birthday with us, which is like crazy. Um, and not gonna lie. I took a bunch of people to hospital in those times. So I just like, you, it just like forces you to grow up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And what is the hardest part of 
lead and be led. It's figuring out how to have authority and move things along and get things done and lead people, but within the confines of being an obedient soldier. It's a very, very, very distinct balance, I would say. I feel like it's, yeah. It's tough, sounds tough. Yeah, I mean, people ask me a lot about like, <laughs> oh, how hard is it to be in the army? Like, like to be fair, I had a very like cushy, fantastic combat-free job in that respect. It is a very tough environment. And I think I learned a lot about like what my limits are and like how much crap I'm willing to take and how bad I'm willing to sleep and how bad, like what horrible food I'm willing to eat. Um, but you know, and aside from that, I think that I really learned to just kind of step up and do things. Like I you know it would be me and one other girl responsible for a group of 30 people, taking them on a tour in the country and bringing them back to the base and organizing evening activities. So it just like really forced me to like, you know, be responsible, I think. Is that something you'd like to do again? Ooh, I would not like to experience it again, no. <laughs> like it was not, there are a lot of not fun things, but I got a lot of, you know, I really got a lot out of it, not gonna lie. Again, like I'm privileged, I'm a woman, like I didn't have to do, you know, awful things. Like mostly it was just a host, you know? Um, but I made some amazing friends. And so just to ensure that I would have those friends in my life, I would do it again, but to actually go through the experience again, hmm, not looking for that experience quite so much. Sleeping five hours, eating disgusting, like food <laughs> that is so disgusting, like there's no words to even describe, um, you know, being forced to wear a uniform, like not able to wear jewelry or express myself, like, you know, have color on my nails, like things like that was, that was hard for me. Um, and also just like being told what to do, like, you can be home on the weekend or you cannot be home. And like, it's not up to you. Yeah. You never choose. No. Yeah. So I have a lot more agency over my life, obviously. But I think that that was like very difficult, you know. What is one thing you remember the most out of your trip to Japan? <laughs> Best trip ever. That was my honeymoon, by the way um japan so yeah i think the maid cafe was probably the most like distinct experience i've never experienced something like that before where it's like you go into a cafe and like everyone is a maid and they're mm. like you're the master and you like ring a bell like it's super weird and then you take pictures with the maids and like the more money you you, you spend the more pictures you can take with the maids and my husband and I were like, whoa, like, okay, this is so strange. And then we took this photo and they taught us like something like kawaii, like that's like cat or like this in the photo. <laughs> um, and that photo just killed me. Um, 
Yeah, honestly, crazy. Um, I think also like some of like the nature and like things that we saw were just like mind blowing and like still haven't seen anything like like that. What is one place in Japan you'd like to revisit? Hmm. Um, I really love Miyajima, which is like, it's next to Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like this, I guess it's like an island or an archipelago. And you, you go up to like the very top in this cable car and like, you see this Tory in the water. And like, when the tide goes out, you can walk to the Tory and when the tide comes in, it's like floating. Um, and they're just like, just animals like walking around and they're like really good oysters. Like, I don't know. It was just like, it was just like a, an amazing experience. Why did you choose Japan as a destination for your honeymoon? Um, neither of us had been, and we thought, you know, it was like really special, like for context, like we were quite young when we got married. So, you know, I was 25 and he was 27 and it was like, well, this is like, this would be like the coolest thing ever. Um, we both like really liked Japanese food. We were very, very into Japanese, like very curious about Japanese culture. And I think that we like the idea of it being like, you couldn't do like city, you can do nature, you can do like experiences, traditional, lots of like temples and things to see. So it was like such a nice variety. And then we finished our three and a half week um, honeymoon in Okinawa and this island called Ishigaki, which is mm. so beautiful. Um, and then it was like a completely different vacation. Like all of a sudden you're like on a beach, you know? So it's crazy. Got it. Really recommend to anybody, anyone. Sounds like one of the best destinations for a honeymoon. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Really. What is the backstory of your first 10K run? Okay, I hate running. That's the backstory. <laughs> um, really, like, I love fitness. I work out pretty much every day, but I do not like running. Okay. Um, <laughs> and when I joined Yotpo, my first, like, two months there, um, the SVP of marketing was like, oh, we're going to do a team run. <laughs> and so I was like really new. So I was like, oh, crap, like I guess I need to like sign up and do it. And we like, you know, trained together and then we did the run. Um, my husband who does like running and is good at running, he like accompanied me and I barely made it. And I never ran 10K again. <sighs> so basically you were pushed to do that. It's not like. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was, it, it was good for me because like it did kickstart my interest in fitness and activity that I still keep today. Like at the time I wasn't working out as much. It was really like couch to 10K. But but then after that, maybe I didn't continue running, but I definitely like continued doing like workout classes and being more active and going on walks. I really like going on walks. Like I try to like do 10,000 steps a day. Do you have this uh, Norwegian sticks or how do you call this that you use like to no, no. walk in this way? Like I'm going. I'm not like I'm not the biggest hiker. I really enjoy hiking, but I'm not like I'm not like a real like nature girl or anything mm. like that. So you just mostly like shopping, hiking, something like that. 
No, I like, I really like to go on walks without a destination. Mm. I like to just like see what's around me. And that can be like through a park, that can be through a city, that can be through a trail as well. It's just like, I wouldn't, I was just like, there are so many people who I know like are really passionate about hiking. And I couldn't say that that's something that I'm interested in. And where do you usually find yourself at the end of the walk without a destination? I mean, except for home. Sometimes, yeah, like, you know, I'll sit by the water and the pier, maybe get a coffee, sit and like, look at the, look at Brooklyn, which is fun. Um, or, yeah, I mean, realistically, it's a big loop and then come back home. Are you still practicing mandalas colored therapy? Yes. So my mom is an artist and she's very creative. And so we spent a lot of our lives playing with color or, you know, painting or building or like, you know, things like that. And something she really taught us to love is coloring in. And so I have a bunch of coloring in books, not just mandala, but Mm-hmm. A lot of them are mandala and it's just very therapeutic and like incredibly calming and like satisfying when you finish it. Um, yeah, I'd love it. Absolutely love it. Still have like a million, like this many like uh, coloring books. So To go. So it's not like that you already feel them and you have this pile of... I mean, a lot of them I've made a dent in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. And how else do you recharge? Working out like Pilates or bar hit sculpt. Like I, I, I do every morning, like a workout. Um, and then meditation is a really big one for me. Hence the streak that we spoke about. Um, coloring in singing. I mean, for me, singing really is just like a, for me of recharging my energy And this is going to be crazy, um, but I really recharge and like get a lot of energy from being with people. And so, you know, I grew up one of five. My house was never empty. I don't know what it's like to be alone. I've been with my husband for 14 years, so I really, really, really don't have alone time. I don't crave alone time. I'm like, I need to be around people. And so even like just, you know, working remotely and being home all day, like I'm drained and then I'll like meet a friend and I'm like, I had such a great day. Like, um, so really for me, like going to events, meeting people, networking, like I genuinely enjoy it. Like I genuinely enjoy meeting people and it gives me a lot of energy. What does perfection mean for you? Perfect, Dutch. Um, <laughs> Something that's like so satisfyingly right and in place and working well together. And yeah, like just as it should be. How do you incorporate perfection into your life? Okay, well, it's a problematic thing because if you strive for perfection all the time, then like you can drive yourself crazy or get really like upset or disappointed or whatever. Um, 
but I really am someone who like takes a lot of pride in like things that I do, you know, things that I create, um, plans even being perfect, you know, like, oh, it'd be so perfect if we go from this and then like this area is right there. And so we can try this thing and then we can end up at the Broadway show. You know what I mean? Like that in my mind is like perfection. I like it to be optimized and like perfectly well, like well designed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that the problem is when you are always striving for perfection, like you're not happy enough with something or it's not good enough. Um, and then you like waste so much time trying to like achieve perfection instead of progress, right? And for you, where is this good enough line? How do you feel it? I don't. I need to like consciously <laughs> be like, that's it. Enough, enough. Move on. Like it's done. <laughs> it's the best it's going to be right now or are you going to like waste time and like lose something else? So it's just a feeling. Yeah, I think, yeah. It Got is it. You know, Rosie, I really wish to have the sky is the limit to our conversation, but time is the limit. So mm -hmm. let's jump to the rapid fire questions. Beyonce or the cooks? Beyonce. Pool or sea? Wait, what? Pool, swimming pool or sea? Oh, cool. <laughs> what are your favorite color and song? Purple. Song. Literally impossible, but like right now I'm listening, I've been listening on repeat, uh, My Guitar Gently Weeps by The Beatles. If you were a superhero, what superpower would you have? Um, hmm, I think like the time thing. Like if I could jump between time and like not lose any time, that would be great. <laughs> Who do you learn from? Name just one person. I learned from my dad. He sends me a lot. He reads a lot. He's very, very smart. It's kind of scary. <laughs> he sends me articles and videos about things that I would never even like think to Google or learn about. Um, and he teaches me a lot, you know, because like we're very different in terms of like what we're interested in. So what was the latest thing you've learned from him? <laughs> Um, he sent me, he sent me a video that I honestly had to summarize using AI yesterday because it was <laughs> one hour and 20 minutes long. I'm like, dad, I don't have time to watch this video. <laughs> um, but it was like about like, what was it? Something dynamics, like thermobiodynamics and physics. Wow. Like how they're connected. It was very insane. And I was like, I can't believe my brain is even computing this right now. <laughs> oh wow it's so fun yeah. yeah name two people who i should definitely reach out to and have this conversation with i mean i don't know because you 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 know everyone and you've already reached you've already had so many amazing people on your show um but if you haven't already um chelsea alterman she's amazing she is the director of community for expert session And she's here in NYC and we've really been like trying to meet up and support each other and go to each other's events. Um, and Shauna James, if you haven't already interviewed her, she's amazing too. I met her at a like community customer dinner. And since then we like really hit it off and she's going to be at my 
in-person meetup tomorrow too. Oh, sounds great. And is there one question that I definitely should have asked you but didn't? I honestly don't know. I feel like we covered a range of topics and I'm impressed by the level of Instagram digging that you did. Um, I guess like why community? You know, like you didn't ask me why community, which is interesting. Rosie, why community? Because I think it like formalized or put into like concept what I was already like really interested in and doing like without like it being formally named community. And I think that it's like all the parts of like the sense of belonging, the connection, like being like, you know, really, really like engaging people and ha and enabling people to engage with each other. Like when I was a teenager, they called me Nokia, connecting people. Uh, okay, got it. <laughs> and so like, it makes a lot of sense ultimately that I ended up in community. I just didn't realize, you know, my background was always marketing. And so I was like, community, that's social media, but it's, it's just so not, obviously I don't need to tell you, but <laughs> Once I discovered and like unlocked like the power of community and like, oh my God, all these things that I already believe and already wanted to do, like it's a real thing and you can really like, you know, invest in and get a lot of like business value out of and like also, you know, professional and personal fulfillment. You know, I hear you so much because sometimes when people ask me like, what do you do? And I'm just telling, you know, I'm, I'm having fun with people and getting paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. yeah, and Rusi, thank you very much for this conversation. Thank you. I was, you Cool. know, like I learned so much things about you because, okay, I see your professional background here and there on LinkedIn and some community spaces and etc. But like knowing your story, getting to know your backstory of singer, writer, sister of other four sisters and like uh, yeah all this yeah it's 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 just you know your story made me feel like we were friends for a long time and uh, yeah thank you very much for being We're so meant open to be friends, clearly. <laughs> totally exactly and yeah i just love this conversation thank you very Me much too. for that Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you inviting me to your amazing show. And yeah, see you at Between Tomorrow Core and in the Community Duh. World. <laughs> Duh.